and welcome to our time together, our time of worship today. I was actually intending on filming this outside. Uh, I'm actually in Oban, well, I'm just outside of Oban, in a wee place called Galanich. And I don't know if you can hear it or not, but this is the rain drumming on the roof of the car and I've just had to dive back inside the car because there's absolutely no way that I can film this outside as was the plan. It's lovely to have you joining us today, whether this is the first time you're joining us or whether you've joined us every week throughout this time. It's lovely to have you with us. And I pray that you will sense a welcome as you join together with us as a community of fellowship, a community of faith, a community drawn together to this moment, to this time and to this space by God, our wonderful Father in heaven. Let's come to God now in prayer. Let's pray. Father God, you are all around us. You call us, gather us here into this moment, into this time and into this space. And we thank you that you tell us that where two or three are gathered together in your name, that you are here, present in the midst of us. So thank you that we can come into your presence, whether together in a building or whether separate, scattered and scattered in our homes you are here with us we can be sure of that you God you who spoke and brought light you who breathed and brought life you who threw the stars into space you who chiseled and carved the mountains you who created this wonderful world that we call home you who made the heavens to open and the rains to pour you who separates the cloud and brings out the sun. You, Lord, and to you we bring our praise and our worship. We thank you for the gift of your Son, who took on flesh, who came and lived among us, who loved so that we might know your love, and who died so that we might know that love in all of its fullness and life with you. Life with you forever. The hope of a present, the hope of a future. Through Christ. And Lord, for that we praise you. We give you our thanks. We bring you our worship. And as we come, we come aware that we, we do wrong. Because Lord, we are human. We are not as you would have us be. We are not as you created us. Perfect. For we are part of our fallen world. And so Lord, this morning we bring to you our confessions of the things that we have done, the things that we have said, the things that we haven't done or wish we had said. And we ask for your forgiveness, Lord. And as we ask for that forgiveness, we, may we be sure of it. May we know it in our, not just our heads, but also in our hearts. May it not just be something we are told of, but may it be something of which we speak. May we know it fully and truly in our lives. And so Lord, we bring you the confession of the things that we have done and we offer them to you in this silence.
Lord, may that forgiveness fill us. May the knowledge of your grace and love and mercy, the limitlessness of your forgiveness, may that pour out of us. May we extend it to others. For this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Over these last few weeks, we've been thinking about prayer and about how good it is for our relationship with God, about how God wants to bless us in our relationship through prayer and of the fact that our prayers don't need to be sophisticated and complicated, but can be simple in language and about everyday and down-to-earth things. We've also looked at some of the variety of prayer that disciples of Jesus have used over the centuries. One of the things that Jesus encouraged us to think about in prayer, though, if we look back at the account of Jesus' teaching when he taught the disciples to pray in Luke's Gospel, is that idea of forgiveness that we've just thought about in the prayer just past. But before we can have forgiveness, perhaps we need to recognise that we do wrong and confess. Before we get into all of that, though, let's have our story of the week. Over the last six months when we've been closed, I've spent a lot of time thinking and praying about what it means to be church and how we can be church when the building's been closed. I've been very grateful for our online worship and for everybody who's helped with it and for all the folks who've been working to keep things going and for the way our church family have been supporting one another through phone calls, prayers, support, just showing love and doing what we can to help each other in many different ways. And I'm grateful too for all the new ways we've found of being church. But the big question that I've been asked over and over again is, when are we opening? And I know people have really missed being in the building and I totally understand that. God's everywhere. But to me, there's something very special about being in our church building. And I know that many of you feel the same. I've been coming into the church at least once a week to check the building. And although it's been closed, the role of session clerk continues. And at times it's been difficult to find the way forward particularly as emails come flooding in. And there's been days where it's all been a bit stressful. When I come in here, I feel a real sense of peace. And it's really comforting and reassuring to sit here, to feel God's presence and to pray. Although the world seems in turmoil all around me, I know that God is with us, he's as faithful as ever, and he will guide us through this. He will be with us all the way. But in the meantime, he's still calling us to follow him and to be his church wherever we are. As I record this, we're moving on with our preparations to reopen, and I'm very thankful for all the people who've offered to help, particularly with the big clean. We're just waiting on new guidance coming out 
uh, to let us know how many people are allowed to be in to clean at any one time. We're now in version 7 of the guidelines, so it's been quite tough going, but then nobody said it would be easy. Where I feel God's love most strongly is here in the hall that's being used as a community food pantry, where we're using our building and our resources to help people in need and to feed the hungry. And it's also very humbling in the response and the grateful thanks that we get from the people who receive our help. We're now totally dependent on donations from the public and it's great to see how people have responded to that too. Surely this is what church is for, to be God's mission in the world, to go out there and to help people in need. There we are, the rain's gone off now and you can see a little bit of the view behind me. If it brightens up, we'll get out of the car. Thank you. I'm recording this from, as I said, uh, the wild and windy west coast today. It's Friday. It's meant to be my day off, um, but it's been one of those weeks and so I'm just recording it today on Friday. I don't normally come this far just for a drive to find somewhere nice to record. I'm here because at the start of the week I got a request. One that started, Mom, and I'm sure that those of you who are parents know exactly what I'm talking about. You'll know that tone. It's the one that's usually followed by a petition. Usually, uh, can, can I have or will you help me please? This time it was to catch a lift to an early morning ferry in Oban because the bus from Glasgow doesn't get you in in time to get that ferry. As a parent, when our children ask for our help, we want to do what we can to help them. Does that help us when we think about coming to God to ask for things in prayer? Let's hear God's word. Bad weather on Iona today means that Rhys isn't able to send us the video that he's prepared. And so you've got me reading the reading today instead. And it's the passage that we've read a few times over the past few weeks. It's Jesus teaching on prayer and it's from Luke's Gospel. Luke chapter 11 verses 1 to 13. Let's hear the word of God. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, 
Though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness he will get up and give him as much bread as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Amen and thanks be to God for these words to us today. Amen. I'm coming outside now. It's a bit drier uh, in the hope that I might get dried off after I've actually soaked in that um, sudden storm or sudden squall. Um, so Jesus' teachings here in Luke's Gospel seem brief, but they're not really. If we think about it and dwell with them for a moment, then there's actually quite a lot of detail here that we might miss. Jesus isn't just giving the disciples a list of words to say when they're praying. Jesus is giving them a framework. He's showing them the possibility of prayer. Although it's lovely outside, it's still quite blowy and it looks as though there's actually another rain shower coming over. So um, I've decided to take refuge in the car again. Hopefully you'll be able to hear me a bit better. So in the first few lines of these verses, the first few lines of what we now know of as the Lord's Prayer, centre on God. They give God his rightful place. They offer praise and adoration. And they pray for God's kingdom, God's power and rule to be seen all over our world. And then the prayer moves on in to a more personal level to look at the nature of what it means for us as believers, as followers of the way, to live a life before God and within the community of God's people. The first thing Jesus does then is teach the disciples to ask God for sustenance. And this matches the teaching that's already gone before in Luke's Gospel about the disciples being able to rely on God for all that they need. Remember, we saw it just a few, um, a good few weeks ago now, when we looked at Jesus sending out the twelve disciples. It's a, it's a theme, though, not just in the Gospels. We also see it throughout Scripture. Um, feeding the four thousand, feeding the five thousand, and if we look further back, we see it in God's feeding of Israel with manna each day in the desert during their wanderings. We can rely on God to provide for all of our daily needs. That's what Jesus is teaching us in this prayer, in the prayer that he teaches the disciples. He's teaching them to rely on God, to ask God for their daily needs, their daily bread. What do you need for today? Are you worried that there's more months than money left? Do you need rest or a break? Do you need peace? Do you need bread? Have you asked God for what you need today? Why not take it to God in prayer? The other need that Jesus teaches that we have, um, teaches us that we have in this 
prayer. He does by encouraging us to turn to God to express our need for forgiveness. That line, forgive us our debts. We're human. And to be to be human means that we do stuff. We say stuff. We think stuff. We don't do stuff that we wish we did. We don't say the right thing that afterwards we realise we could have. We get angry. We get jealous. We end up hurt. And when we let those feelings of anger and jealousy and hurt influence our actions or our words, we damage our relationships with one another, with God and with ourselves. And that's not good. In his teaching about prayer, Jesus encourages us to ask for forgiveness because he knows how much God loves to forgive. That forgiveness is endless. A gift from the bottomless tank of God's never-ending grace. In that prayer, though, Jesus also teaches that forgiveness isn't just something that we've got to ask for ourselves. It's also something that we need to extend to others. As Jesus puts it in the reading that we heard from Luke, Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. We forgive, not so that we are forgiven, but rather because that forgiveness has been extended to us. If the only cry within us is for vengeance, there will never be reconciliation. If our hearts are so narrow as only to ever see how others have hurt us or offended us, we will be completely unable to see how we have offended God and so we won't even see our own need for forgiveness. But what is this forgiveness that we talk about? To forgive doesn't mean it will cease to hurt. Deep wounds hurt for a long time and emotional pain doesn't mean that you haven't forgiven. To forgive doesn't mean to forget either. Helmut Tillicke, a German pastor who lived through the Nazi, um, the Third Reich in Nazi Germany, said that forgiveness should never be mentioned in the same breath as forget. We can remember, but if we forgive, then we won't use the memory of what happened against others anymore. To forgive doesn't mean we pretend that what wrong does doesn't matter. It does. The offence is real. But when we forgive, we no longer let that offence control our behaviour. Forgiveness means that we will no longer use the offence to drive a wedge between us, hurting and injuring one another. Forgiveness then breaks the cycle of retribution. That sense that you did this to me, so I will do that to you. Forgiveness means that the power of love, the power of the love between us that holds us together is greater than the power of the offence which separates us. In forgiveness, we are releasing those who hurt us 
so that they are no longer bound to us. In a very real sense, we are freeing them to receive God's grace. In what way is this resonating with you this morning? Who or what has popped into your thoughts, into your mind, as we've been thinking about this? Where might you need forgiveness in your life? I wonder what's on your heart, in your head. Perhaps a broken relationship. Maybe someone that you need to say sorry to or to seek forgiveness from. Or maybe someone or something that we've yet to forgive, to release, to unbind, to set free. And in doing so, set ourselves free. Perhaps it's not even someone else that we need to forgive. Because sometimes it's ourself that we beat up. It's ourself that we need to forgive. Forgiveness is hard. And it doesn't happen overnight. It's a process which takes time. But to forgive is what it means to love. Maybe even what it means to love our neighbours and our enemies. Nelson Mandela understood this probably better than most. Since his release from prison after 26 years of being incarcerated for the colour of his skin, he wrote before his death an awful lot about forgiveness. And on his release he said, As I walked out the door toward the gate that would lead to my freedom, I knew that if I didn't leave my bitterness and hatred behind, I'd still be in prison. Forgiveness then is as much for the one who forgives as it is for the one whom we are forgiving. What might you need to leave behind? What or who might God be encouraging you to forgive? Why not bring it into the light with God in prayer? Let's pray. Father, through all of life, things happen to us, we do things to others. Lord, in the quiet, the serene clouds gather again over my head here in this moment. We offer to you the things that you've laid on our hearts that have come up to the surface that need to be brought into the light. Old grudges, painful hearts, perhaps a name. Lord, we both know you and I what these things mean to us. And we offer them to you now. We ask that as we do, that you would release us from those hurts. That you would pour out your forgiveness 
that we would know your grace that we might forgive. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Let us pray. We thank you for the gifts that you give to us so graciously every day. The gift of life, the gift of love, the gift of caring, the gift of understanding and the gift of forgiveness. We are grateful for these gifts that you give to each and every one of us. And we are happy and willing to share these gifts with others around us. We are thankful for the food that we get to eat each day and are mindful of the great many people who struggle to put a meal on the table at night or indeed struggle to find food of any form across the world with poverty being at one of its highest levels ever. We ask you to be with those people who are fighting in that struggle and keep them safe. We pray for the healthcare workers and doctors and people in positions of power. Guide them through what is a very difficult time at the moment. For people in power, it is enormously difficult to make decisions from moment to moment, trying to understand which is the best path to take. We ask you to be with them and guide them in those decisions. We look towards people in vulnerable groups, our elderly and people who have ill health. Be with those people, keep them safe, keep them loved and keep them strong through a very challenging period. We would ask you to be with those who have recently been bereaved, lost a loved one, or have a loved one who is in ill health at the moment. Give them your strength and keep them close to your heart. We want to give understanding and help to all Help everyone to understand the purpose of these new and ever-changing rules and give us compassion for everybody around us. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. I've come back out into the rain and the wind for a moment just to say to you and thank you for joining us in this moment and in this space today. And as you go from this place, May you know the peace and blessing and grace of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, resting upon you and remaining with you today and all of your tomorrows. Amen. This light is burning so low but still, I fight for I know His power, my weakness will show For He is strong This cold, cold heart in my chest It still falls, still fails at the test Longing for rest